The American Petroleum Institute, driving safety, environmental protection, and sustainability across the natural gas and oil industry through world-class standards and safety programs. Since its formation as a standard-setting organization in 1919, API has developed more than 800 standards to enhance industry operations worldwide. Find out more at api.org. Welcome to the Energy Fellows Podcast, where each episode is designed to share expertise and experiences from U.S. and global energy fellows. They provide direction and possible solutions for ultimate journey results. Here's your host, Mark Stansberry. Welcome to another episode of the Energy Fellows Podcast. I'm Mark Stansbury, your host, and we're in for a treat. Before I introduce our guest, please rate and review our show. Go to the show notes, and we'd love to hear from you. The book, or the monograph, America Needs America's Energy, Creating Together the People's Energy Plan, the book, published in 2012, and a monograph, a supplement, complement to that book is called America Needs America's Energy and Its Natural Resources. came out this 2022, past year, and you can find those on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I want to thank all those that have been staying tuned on and sharing our documentary, Sherwood Forest Top Secret. Uh, thank you for following us on that and going to pbs.org and other outlets across the country and actually across the world. The column, I've been, this is my 10th year to have a column in Old Man Magazine. Also have had columns in Energies Magazine and Oil Woman Magazine. Publisher Emmanuel Sullivan is publisher of all three of those magazines. And I look forward to continuing that this year and into next year. And so please pick up the Oil and Gas Magazine or Oil Men Magazine and keep up with the Oil and Gas business and energy business as well. And we hope you will look at the column and let me know what you think and give me your input there as well. Or I thank OGGN for all that they do. For me, as lighting things up and getting things in order, and great team at OGGN as well. Well, when I said we have a treat coming up, we do. Phil Rice. Phil is a great friend, a great advisor on many things along the way. He's well-read and also has a lot of knowledge and wisdom to share with others, including myself. So I appreciate Phil Rice. Phil, if you will, let's discuss Align Energy Solutions We've had you on the show several times now, so the bio, we're past the bio stage. You can go back to the episodes and learn more about Phil. You can learn more about Ashley Nichols and other partners and their work at Align Energy Solutions and the locations uh, you can definitely look at uh, as far as Houston, Austin, Oklahoma City, as well as uh, Utah now as well. So we'll get started. And Phil, please tell us about Align, though, for those that haven't heard and those that have heard, let's go back over what Align Energy Solutions is all about. And then we're going to go into what the future holds with Align and with future clients. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to have really cool discussions with you. So thanks for having me on again. Definitely. Yeah. So in a nutshell, Align Energy Solutions, our goal is to help companies through what we call alignment. And when we think of alignment, we think of both internal alignment, which is the through line of story, purpose, values, and impact, as well as cultural alignment. So things like diversity, inclusion, sustainability, placemaking, mental health, things of that nature. And our premise is if we can align both internally and culturally, you as a company have an incredibly robust moat that will help you both on the talent side as well as the client side. And it creates opportunity for you to 
lead out in your industry because these are very important things. And so really what alignment is about is it's all about the people, the human element when it comes to business. So that's a quick snapshot. And so we help through the alignment process, both internally and culturally. We have a process for that. And like Mark said, if you'd like to know more about that, you can listen to previous episodes. Also website, if you will provide that as well. Yes, absolutely. Our website is alignenergysolutions.com and you can connect with us there. Wonderful. When we talk about Align, definitely companies are needing that. As I've talked on previous episodes, and not only with Phil, but others, when it comes to all the moving parts within the energy industry, especially, we're seeing when it comes to AI, robotics, cybersecurity, security overall, uh, infrastructure and development. But it all begins in-house. And before in-house, there are those that are very talented folks out there and those who want to be trained and we need a workforce. So how do you go about going and taking all these ingredients you have uh, under a line to provide a pathway, we're talking about as pathways, and a roadmap? Because I find in all these different areas, there's some missing parts of these moving parts. Yep. And so how do we keep things moving in the right direction, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. The piece that I've been thinking about lately is really when we look at the talent side, and I would say, I would argue this also pertains to the client side of the equation, but specifically if we're looking at people, the human element on the talent side, and we've talked before about our talent retention program where we're beginning at recruitments, we're starting there, we're moving into retention and engagement and how to anchor the human elements to how to anchor the people in your company to the purpose, but also just the day-to-day, this is why we do what we do. When I've been thinking about that, the word empowerment comes to mind, the word empower. Our team has been thinking a lot about what it looks like to empower the individual within a company and the pieces that, again, I probably sound like a broken record at this point, but of course, authenticity is a huge component there. But another piece that is often left out, I would say, in a lot of business culture is empathy. And empathy is such a crucial piece to the puzzle when it comes to the empowerment of the individual. And I would just love to kind of dig into that a little bit. Let's do it. I'd like to hear more. Yeah. So when we're thinking of empathy, a lot of times you can think of that in in a therapy or a counseling setting. But empathy really is the ability to understand and to share the feelings of another person. And I would even take that a step further to say it's the feelings of a person, but also the perspective of a person, the input of a person to understand where someone is coming from and how they come to the perspective that they come to. We were discussing a scenario in a employer-employee context with our team recently And the individual employee had some really strong opinions about when they thought about the company, how it would move forward in the industry. And they had some real clear objectives that they were really energized about and excited about. And the head of the company, the way that they handled that was more of a, okay, sure, we'll put this line item in the budget. We'll give you the budget for X and Y that you're interested in doing and just so that we can kind of move on down the road. And the scenario, it was a completely ridiculous budget. It was a huge budget. 
that really had no connection to the goal of the individual employee. And our team was, as we were looking at that scenario, we identified it as an extreme lack of empathy. And the reason that this is important is because the individual didn't feel heard. They didn't feel understood. They didn't feel connected to the future forward purpose of the company. In terms of the letter of the law, I guess, they got what they asked for. They got a budget for the initiative that they (laughs) wanted, but they didn't feel connected to it. It actually was not a helpful move for the company at large. And it was a terrible equity, relational equity moment for this individual in this company. And so not only did the company lose money because they budgeted, they allocated funds that were unnecessary and unhelpful, but they also lost this human capital equity of of an opportunity where the individual could have been brought more deeply into the fold of the company, into more of the initiative with that single objective, if the leadership of the company would have moved in empathy and heard the requests, reflected the request back to them and said, you know what? I think this is a great idea. Tell us more about that. What is the purpose of this? What are you trying to do? How does it connect to the overall goal of our business? That would have been an incredibly engaging opportunity for this company and this individual. It would have been incredibly empowering for this individual employee. But instead, the company was out the money and they're most likely out the employee in the long mm-hmm. term. Because if I'm the employee, it's like, hey, you didn't hear me. You just threw money at me so that I would be quiet. You really don't care about me and my value added contribution to the company. And so I think that empathy piece is incredibly important. Yeah, that's a piece that we as a team have been thinking through and using that word empathy very specifically when it comes to that alignment process and the talent retention specifically. Mark, what do you think? Oh, right on. I've seen, you know, my years of being in the C-suite and from actually from being a landman all the way to the C-suite, the boardroom committees and so forth. I find that if you don't have the right attitude, especially from the CEO, president or chairman on down to the staff, you're missing a big part of that because it's a team effort. And to have the right attitude to make sure that you want to be heard as a staff, but also turns it around the other way is on the situation you just described, am I going to be listening to that CEO, whoever whoever approved it, Mm -hmm. just to make sure that everybody was moved on and be silent? Yeah. My attitude towards the CEO, next time they say something, am I going to take it as seriously? The credibility is lost both ways Yeah, when something happens like that. And it's a shame because that staff member or manager, whatever position that person was in, will never be able to recoup from that unless the CEO said, man, I made a mistake and I should have listened and it was a bad day, which probably will not happen or didn't happen. It's more of having the right attitude to begin with. And people will think in the C-suite, well, I've got that taken care of. They're happy with me. Totally. Yeah. They got the budget. They got the budget. They should be pleased. And in the long run, they're not. It really sets the tone so low. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to recoup. You're right. The person probably has moved on to another company or wants to if he or she haven't moved on. And there's so many stories like that that I've heard, like I say, in the years, and I know you have too. Mm -hmm. You've got to have empowerment to empower these individuals. And two, if you do it right, the C-suite, the CEO should be happy and really brings him up as well, he or she, to a higher level. 
Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a moment to create a connection, an empathetic way forward that, hey, this is a data point to say we're all in this together and we're all moving towards the betterment of the initiative and you matter. I think that's a I big like what piece you're saying. that's, that's right. often missed out on. And it's not difficult. It's a 20-minute conversation on top of the budget or whatever. It's like, if the budget's approved, great. But like, man, if the leadership tells me that I matter and my idea is important, that's a big deal. Oh, it's huge. You matter. Your ideas matter. Your family matters. And you see it when, and I think I've seen this companies where they may look like they're doing well, but where they're struggling behind the scenes and they don't even know it necessarily sometimes is because they're not walking down the hall or going out in the field to different field offices, taking not only the C-suite, but the board out and really communicating, connecting with their staff. And so when a line steps in, they can see all this Mm -hmm. and through discovery, and once the discovery is made, they can correct these errors and actually attitudes to where it will build their company. Because, you know, a company can fail, look great on paper, profit and loss statements, but for just so long before somebody goes, well, what went wrong? Yeah. Why are things turning around the bad way when they yep. should be going up? Because we had great two or three years in a row of profit, but they were losing. Yeah, that's right. And then show it on the loss statement you know, profit or loss, but it is profit and loss. It shows that loss in morale and attitude. A lot of these boards and C-suites, they have this mission and vision statement, but really haven't talked to the staff and managers and so forth about how yeah. important the mission and vision statement is. And they left them out of it in a sense. So that's where you come in and line them back up and say, align them back up to say, here's what we need to be doing. And what you do count, you are a big part of this. This is great. A lot of times, Mark, whether it's a line or whether it's just somebody within the company, oftentimes it just takes somebody who can step in as a translator to be a go between these two different kinds of mindsets and thinking when it comes to a company. You know, it's like it would make sense that middle management has a very different perspective of a company than senior leadership. Right. That's not wrong, but that's understood and that makes sense. The problem comes when it's that breakdown of communication. And so whether it's a line stepping in to help liaise that relationship between those two constituents, or whether it's just somebody within the company, that's an incredibly important role. When we come in, oftentimes we're creating these highways of messaging and conversation and communication that can then be adopted by people within the company so that our time is really to build process system and concept and then it can be just grafted into the culture of a company. It's not a huge ask oftentimes when it comes down to that simple translation between two different perspectives within a company. You're really going in and soul searching in a sense. Yeah, yeah. You're looking and saying it's just not a matter of putting parts together or whatever the business might be. Yeah. It's making that your heart's into this, not just filling out orders and listening to commands and so forth. We are in a different atmosphere than what we were 20, 30 years ago or before because, you know, my parents had jobs for 30 plus years, stayed with the same organization. Mm -hmm. And you hear these kind of stories, but now you don't see that as much. I do know of one organization in the Oklahoma City area that Most of their staff, they hire new staff as well, but the big part of their staff are 20 plus years, Mm -hmm. which is pretty much unheard of. But I asked this organization, why? Why do you have people just staying? They don't want to leave no matter what. 
Yeah. And it goes back to what you were talking about. They know they're authentic. This has not been taught so much. Correct. But those that do exercise what you've dis- discussed already or just dis- conversational has been involved with today is they become authentic mm-hmm. or are authentic. They do care about each other. They send notes to each other. They make sure they're all plugged into each other. If one's down, they try to help that person up. Yeah. If somebody's celebrating, they celebrate with them. It's an unbelievable organization mm-hmm. of several hundred people. So I'm kind of going, why can't that be replicated in other places? And it should be in a line. It is. Part yeah. of that, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm sure you have examples like that too, but I'm very impressed when you have a place you can call home away yep. from home. And that's probably a summation of it as well. It, it feels like home. When you go home, you feel great. And when you come to work, you feel like I'm at home also. And you get the setting of that. It's definitely a great feeling. Yeah, that's right. So you have these products you're working on for yeah. this team effort and getting ready to talk about those very soon as far as bring them to the forefront to mm-hmm. the public. Mm-hmm. I know you're still working on those and we'll be tweaking those along the way, but if you can tell us a little bit about what your end game is for Align. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned at the beginning, we Align is really about integrating people into companies. So the programs that we're currently working on are pieces of that puzzle to help support the human side of business, to help those individuals more intentionally integrate and feel empowered in their place of work. And yeah, we're very excited. We've got a little bit of final things to do before we launch, but we're very eager and excited uh, about the offering. Phil, when you are asked to assist a company, where do you begin? We've talked about it a little bit before, but I know that's being talked about even further. Is it where just uh, in-house? Is it in the field? Is it through workshops, roundtables? How do you approach the individuals to find that safety mm-hmm. level where people feel comfortable enough to relate to what's really going on in their companies. Because I think it's the most difficult part is is to think that you've provided all this information, but where mm-hmm. is it going mm-hmm. and how's it going to be used? And it's not just uh, filling out a form. It's mm-hmm. important. It's kind of like I mentioned earlier, it's talking from the heart and that you can relate to others that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mark, in my opinion, it all begins with data and assessment. Where are we? And then it's a conversation of where do we want to go? And then what are the obstacles? What's the gap between where we are and where we want to be? No matter the medium, whether it is education, workshops, diagnostic tools, empowerment, through those kind of self-actualization, self-realization, it really comes down to the simplicity of those things. We begin with those assessment of where are we? both individually and as a company, where do we want to go? And what is keeping us from getting there? It comes down to those three things and then creating that roadmap to say, okay, well, here we are. We now know the path and then we know where we want to go. So it comes down to those things, those three. So it's the assessment, it's the understanding where we want to be, and then understanding the obstacles that we need to overcome to get there and creating the roadmap with those three anchor points in mind. Wonderful. I know that in my earlier days, there were coffee breaks that I really related to uh, being a young person and got to listen to all the different staff members at the coffee break and Mm -hmm. we had tea or coffee or whatever. And I remember gaining so much from that. I think some things might be missing 
and maybe could be added to a line as a suggestion is maybe a time not just for a workshop or a seminar or things that are a group effort that way, but basically, hey guys, let's have a coffee break. Let's have a discussion time. Bring your coffee mug. Let's go in this room. Let's just talk. Yep. And when you break bread and so forth as well, and that communication, it might add some things that way as well. But I think it's got to become to the point where we feel like we can relate. Mm-hmm. And the relation part is the missing part of mm-hmm. any survey or yeah. so forth. Yeah. Because I know I'll get these surveys, different levels I've been involved with from staff to, to the corporate C-suite level to the board yeah. and so forth. Yeah, that's right. And I try to be, of course, definitely here's straightforward as possible. But at the same time, you go, who's going to read this? Are they really going to relate like you mentioned earlier? Is that a gentleman from the C-suite or a woman from the C-suite going to say, oh, let's go, let's go ahead and budget this. We really don't want this so much, but we can at least satisfy that department. Yeah. We can't go there. It's got to be relatable. And you don't find that out unless you really have either someone from a line and or somebody from the C-suite or the board actually having sitting down and having a coffee and going to that particular area. I find so many companies where there's a void of communication. They uh, get on the screen or send an email out or they being the C-suite or board or whatever or managers, but don't really go sit down with those in the office or in group meetings. And a lot of times they're not that comfortable because, well, we have 15 minutes and we're going to cover it in 15 minutes and let's get out of mm-hmm. here. Yep. You can almost tell the mood immediately of a company by the structure. And sometimes they're over, you know, as far as uh, too structured, sometimes not structured enough. Those need to be worked out. And Align can do that. Mm-hmm. So what else do you have in store for those with Align Energy Solutions? Yeah, those are the big pieces. You know, I love what you said, Mark, about gathering, just pouring your cup of coffee and having a conversation. When I think about the way forward for people in business, the employee side, what does cultural resilience look like? It really comes down to those human to human interactions and that word empathy. Mm-hmm. where I don't have to agree with you and I don't right. even have to have the same skill set that you do, exactly. but I can understand, I slow down enough to understand where you're coming from and I can resonate with that and be appreciative of your contribution and the way that you see the world. I believe that becomes more and more important when it comes to business in general. And especially since you know we're talking about energy what was once a conveyor belt of education to low-level position to high-level position within the ranks of employment in Mm -hmm. the oil and gas space, that conveyor belt has been dismantled with opportunity in different industries. And so I think the energy space has an important inflection point that is already upon us to really understand that human element that is so vastly needed. And like I said, it's that word empathy. It's about pausing enough to see the human on the other side of the work. And I think that will continue to be vastly important as we move forward into these coming years, specifically when we're talking about energy and the energy transition. I think that will be I was thinking that that was getting ready to say the energy transition. That's where it's all heading. That's right. That includes, when we say the inclusion part of it, oil and gas, but we need to look at all our options yeah, and look at all forms. And then many companies are looking at new names that used to be an oil and gas company. Now they're an energy company. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Some are 
looking at like natural gas and solar or natural mm-hmm. gas and wind or mm-hmm. or natural gas and hydrogen. They're looking at the future of how do they keep tied in with the energy transition, but still be rooted where they began and yeah. be able to apply what they've done and be in the other energy sectors as well. I say the main energy sector in energy, of course, but then subsectors. And a lot can be said about that. It's so diversified. I mean, when you get down to it, just the oil and gas business alone has so many breakdowns of subsectors within the energy mm-hmm. sector, oil and gas sector, because you have pipelines, you have power plants, you go on and on and on. All the things that are involved are related to oil and gas, uh, the chemical side, uh, far mm-hmm. as uh, it's very, very involved. And how do you transition properly and save, you know, basically save the environment, maintain the environment? at the same time, be efficient, energy efficiency. So as I've mentioned many times, striving for energy efficiency and environmental preservation has been my goal with everything I touch. Don't always meet that, but that's the goal. And so if we have those kind of goals, we can reach sustainability and energy transition along the way will be successful. Do you have any closing remarks about Align Energy Solutions? Uh, Mention your website again, please, as well. And we're going to have this as a wrap-up for today for Align Energy Solutions. We'll hear more about Align Energy Solutions in upcoming episodes, upcoming shows, and discuss more about the activities. But Phil, any closing remarks? Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Again, the website is AlignEnergySolutions.com. And I would just say the closing remarks are, as we look into the end of this year, going into next year, as we look at the energy transition, it'll be vastly important to look at the human, the person on the other side of the work, and that will make all the difference in the coming days and in this energy transition. You've been listening to Phil Rice, CEO of Align Energy Solutions. I'm Mark Stansbury, host of the show, The Energy Fellows, and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. The future of energy depends on us depends on all of us. Join us again next week on the Energy Fellows Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.